Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Show Me Show podcast for episode 44. Episode 44, the Obama episode. Uh, and on today's podcast, we have the week 17 rundown, and then we also have the week 18, the last week of the NFL regular season. We have the picks and preview of that. Uh, we'll break down everything going on with the playoff races. And then we also have our fantasy corner and uh, some other notes about Mizzou as they've They've had a, a good last few weeks. So uh, without further ado, let's go ahead and get into the Week 17 rundown. Uh, to start the penultimate week of the 2022-23 NFL season, we land in Nashville, which is right where one might expect Cowboys to be strutting their stuff. This was a battle between the two SEC legends as Dak and Josh Dobbs looked to square off. But the Cowboys led by... 10 early on, and the tits looked stagnant once again on offense. But it just took the aerospace engineer a little time to remember that dissecting defenses was indeed not rocket science, as Josh Dobbs' quick, Josh Dobbs' offense quickly found rhythm and got the Cowboys' lead down to four by the end of the half, and then kept it at four going into the fourth quarter. But Dalton Schultz caught a second touchdown of the game, followed by another Brett Maher field goal, which put this one out of reach. Even though Dak once again... Had a multi-interception game. They prevailed 27-13. to 13. They look to take first place next week. Next, we head to the ATL, where we went from one of the most important football games of the year the night before to an absolutely pointless matchup between the Cardinals and Falcons in a game where these two teams might just be waiting to unload some dead weight on Black Monday this one also came down to a game-winning field goal attempt, much like the night before when Noah Ruggles missed wide left, sending Georgia to the national championship. But the Falcons have a professional kicker, Luke, and young Hoku nailed the game winner to give the Falcons the win 20-19 to at home. Next, we head out to Kansas City, where it was the Chiefs looking to continue their streak of dominance against the feeble Denver Broncos as they look to make it 15 straight against the Rocky Mountain men. But Mr. Unlimited wasn't going to let that slide too easily, so he ran for two touchdowns and threw for one as well. And let, let us be the first to congratulate Mr. Wilson on passing for his 13th touchdown of the season, which you may not think that that's a big touchdown, but it surpassed the amount of bathrooms in his house by one with 12. As for Mahomes, his magic may never run out as he threw for over 320 yards and three touchdowns, also reaching 5,000 yards passing for the season, which is taller than any mountain in Colorado. Chiefs win 27-24. Back east, we land in Foxborough, where Belichick's Patriots look to spear the fish as Mike McDaniel and his 8-7 and seven Dolphins look to get back to their winning ways after dropping four games in a row. But without Tua... They had to turn to Tripod Teddy, who had them in this thing until his fin was clipped on a pick six that he threw to Kyle Duggar as he was able to do the Dougie into the end zone. Later on, it was McCorkle Jones getting back to competent football as he found Jacoby Myers for the game-sealing touchdown. And just like that, the New England football Patriots are in a win and in position for the playoffs when they travel to Buffalo next weekend. Pats win 23-21. And exactly 212 miles south, we find ourselves in the Meadowlands, where it was the Giants looking to clinch a playoff spot for the first time since 2016 
and the very much cursed boat game. But Brian Dable isn't just getting coach of the year votes for nothing, as he had Daniel keeping up with the Joneses playing well. And he found budding star Richie James for a touchdown and also ran two in. As for the Colts, Black Monday can't come soon enough, as Jeff Saturday is most certainly not the guy to lead them. The New York football giants. You heard that right. They clinch a playoff spot, and there will be meaningful football being played in New York here in the year of 2023. The G-Men win a big one, 38-10. to 10. Over to the city of brotherly love, where the Eagles were without their MVP candidate for the second straight week. But unlike last week, the Eagles' offense was not very functional against that very scrappy Dennis Allen coach Saints defense. The Saints were able to control the clock in the first half, dominating time of possession and wearing out the Eagles' defense, which eventually took a toll as a key player defensive end Josh Sweat suffered an ugly injury. A.J. Brown was able to spark the offense, though, with a very long touchdown reception, and that made the Saints' secondary look silly. But after that, the Saints got back to business and sealed this one up. Eagles fans are already tired of this bad quarterback play as they are pleading, Gardner, Jalen, we mince you. And please come back soon as the Eagles lose to the Saints 20-10. to Down to beautiful Tampa Bay where the Buccaneers were looking to clinch their spot in the playoffs against division foe Carolina. Early it looked like the same bad football team that we had seen all year long take the field as the Bucs offense looked out of sync. And the Bucks defense was letting Samano Donald, Darnold, goodness, tongue twister, drive right down the field as he found, don't look at me, I'm Shy Smith for a touchdown. But the Panthers woke up a sleeping giant as Tom and Mike Evans had a career, or as Tom and Mike Evans' love connection was rekindled. And Tom and Mike found Mike for three touchdowns as Mike Evans had a career day with 10 catches, 207 yards. Tampa Bay will host a home playoff game this year as the Bucks win another 30-24, to move to 8-8 eight eight on the year. Next, we head to our nation's great capital where the commanders were looking to clinch a possible playoff spot against the 6-9 Brownies. But Riverboat Ron had other ideas as he gave the reins over to Carson Wentz for this pivotal game. And Carson Wentz decided to play Follow the leader in this one as he decided to hand the reins in this game to the Browns as he had three interceptions and was inaccurate all day long. And the Browns took full advantage of the opportunity. And speaking of taking advantage of an opportunity, Deshaun Watson was once again flagged down for illegal touching, this time outside of a court of law. Mr. Creep himself was able to find Mr. Cooper often in this one, though, as he had two touchdowns today and over 100 yards receiving. The Cleveland Browns keep fighting, even though there is nothing to fight for, which might be the only honorable thing this franchise has ever done as they win this one 24-10. And to round out the early slate, we head down to H-Town, where the Texans are playing host of the Jaguars, who are looking to take down their kryptonite and continue jagging off as they get ready for their first playoff game of the year next Saturday, which is actually today, at home against Vrabel's Tits. This Trevor Lawrence showed that he is much better than the Superman. No offense to Henry Cavill, as he led the Jaguars offense down. He led the Jaguars offense on multiple touchdown drives, but it was actually his three-man band of sidekicks that got the job done today, as three different Jags ran it in for touchdowns, including SEC great Snoop Conner, 
Congrats on your first career touchdown, Snoop. Duval wins another. This time a blowout, 31-3. to Further west, to open up the late slate of games, we find ourselves in Sin City as the red-hot 49ers look to earn another on the road against the Jarrett Stidham-led Raiders. This one very quickly turned into an unexpected shootout as Stidham was slinging the pigskin all over the yard, finding Devontae Adams seven times for 153 yards and two touchdowns. Not to mention Josh Jacobs, who ran for a nice 69 yards and a touchdown as well. But Kyle Shanahan told McDaniels and the Raiders to kick Brocks as Purdy found both Ayuk and George T. Kittle for a touchdown. Speaking of kicking, Robbie Gold sealed this one in overtime with a game-winning field goal. 49ers win another 37-34 in overtime. Up to Seattle, where the Seahawks needed a win to keep their playoff hopes alive. And for the Jets, well, they were eliminated last weekend. Still look to disrupt the Geno Smith Air Show. And while Sauce was able to keep DK all bundled up, Gino was still able to find two other Seahawks for six. But maybe the biggest hero from this one was Kenneth Walker, who continued his stellar rookie season with another big day, rushing for 133 yards. Ironically, Mike Jackson intercepted Mike White in what was a white Michael to black Michael connection. <laughs> Similar to, uh, never mind. Pepsi would be proud, but the Seahawks win this one 23 to 6 and keep their playoff hopes alive. Over to the frozen tundra of Lambeau, where the Vikings look to end the Packers' playoff hopes and send Aaron Rodgers into retirement. But this game was scheduled for 3.25 p.m., not noon. And because of this, we saw the Kirk Cousins of old, as he couldn't hit the broadside of a barn early on, as his top target, Justin Jefferson, was locked up all night long by former Louisville great Jair Alexander. And to make matters worse, the gritty was broken out early and often by the Packers players in mockery of Jefferson. But maybe the most important player over the past month for the Packers, Keyshawn Nixon, continued his return game success, finally taking one all the way back giving this Packers team a huge boost early on, and the Vikings could never catch back up. Packers continue to win and continue to keep their playoff hopes alive as they win this one 41-17. And to round out the late slate, we take you to SoFi Stadium, where it was the battle for L.A. as the Chargers and Rams squared off in the first cross-town regular season matchup ever between these two. This one quickly became a battle of trench warfare as Cam Green Acres was finding all kinds of green grass to run today, rushing for over 120 yards once again. But Austin halfback Power Eckler answered to answered the bell today as well, ripping one off for 72 yards and also rushing for over 120. But ultimately, the Chargers were aided with some air support as Herbert bombed the Rams' defense for two additional strikes for six. San Diego soup. The Chargers win this one 31-10. And to end this great day of football, we head to the crab cake capital of the world, where the Ravens look to regain some ground in the AFC playoff picture, while also simultaneously trying to end the Steelers' season for good. And in an unexpected surprise, key player Poe the Raven, the Ravens' mascot, returned from injury after suffering a serious knee injury during a tackle football game with 12-year-olds earlier this season. Poe was able to propel that Ravens' defense early on. Kenny Pickett and company just could not get the passing game rolling. 
But the Steelers' running game was revitalized as Harris sang, I miss the old Najee, straight from the go Najee, chop up the D Najee, set on the playoffs Najee. As Harris returned to his old Alabama self, running out of the backfield like a madman all night long. And when it came down to it on the final drive of the game, not even Poe could keep Najee out of the end zone for the game-winning score. The Pittsburgh Steelers never said die. In fact, they multiplied as they win this one 16-13. And that is the NFL rundown. And one game that we uh, we missed, and that was Detroit at or Chicago at Detroit, but it, it was blowout forty one to ten. Detroit wins, keep their playoff hopes alive. Uh, the Bears lose to keep their number one draft pick hopes alive. Um, and then the other game was the Monday night game, which we all know what happened in that by now. Uh, the the Demar Hamlin situation, which I don't think we have to talk extensively about it because everyone. Everyone has talked extensively about it the last few days, um, but he is awake now um, and he's talking to his family. He even had a message to the Bills team. So that's that's good to see. Also, what's good to see is that his foundation raised like eight million dollars uh, just over the past week, half a week, really. Um, so that's also really cool to see as well. Shout out. To, shout out to the NFL fans for that. Um, and NFL players and, and teams and as well. Players. Donated. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, I mean, it was a tough situation. Obviously, we didn't get to finish that game on Monday night, which was look shaping up to be a great game. Uh, both teams traveled right down the field on offense on their first possessions, respectively, and then obviously that happened. Um, it does, however, shake up the AFC playoff picture. Oh yeah, um, as it appears that. If the Chiefs, Bengals, or uh, Bills, I guess, play it. If the Chiefs, Bengals, or Bills play either the Bengals or Bills or Chiefs, like so if they play each other, I guess, in the AFC Championship, it'll be a neutral site action. No, not always. That's what we're hearing. We haven't heard. There's, I think there's I two think it, situations. Yeah, if those three play each other. No, no, not not always. Uh, if the Chiefs and the Bills play each other and they have the same result this week, meaning they both win or they both lose, then it'll be at a neutral site. However, if like they if the Bills and Chiefs play each other, but the Bills win, Chiefs lose, or Chiefs win, Bills lose, um, it will be at the, the home team stadium, respectively, with the better record. Um, basically, it's just like... Oh, yeah, within, but that's if those yeah. teams lose. Yeah, it's basically like uh, that's if the Raiders beat Mahomes, who's never lost on the road in his entire or, career against the AFC West, or if the Patriots beat uh, the Bills. Corkle Jones, yeah, yeah. If they beat the Bills, that could also then it would be at Kansas City, uh, respectfully. But it, basically, just like if they're within yeah. a half game of each other and they play in the AFC Championship, then it's neutral site, and I. I don't mind that uh, neutral site will take away the home field advantage and it'll just make it like the, the truly fair game. So. Yeah. I'm curious to see what the neutral site is though. That's what I want to know. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been some memes going around 
through the college football landscape of who should host it in one of their illustrious domes. I've seen uh, the Fargo Dome in North Dakota mm-hmm. as a possible spot to host Absolutely the AFC not. Championship game. Also, the the Kibbe Dome in Idaho, where the Idaho Vandals play, a masterpiece of a dome. Oh that would be unreal. That would um, be unreal. It's actually looking like right now that it's it might be played in Pittsburgh which is actually outdoors and not a dome, which is interesting. So um, I don't know what led them to pick Pittsburgh as the the place. Obviously, it's great not football set town. in stone, but that's what it's looking like right now. It is a great football city, but it is I don't know. It's interesting. Um, so a lot of that is up in the air and all kinds of win and end situations this week. And um, – teams being able to knock each other out like Patriots bills. If the Patriots win, like you just said, if McCorkle Jones mustered something up and they get the win, not only are the Patriots in, but the Steelers are definitely out because talking about the Steelers, the Steelers need the Buffalo bills to win at home, which is probably likely. Mm -hmm. And they also need the jets to beat the dolphins, but the dolphins are starting Skylar Thompson. But so you think that would oh that's a that's an easy win for the Jets right well they're starting Joe Flacco so that is going to be an absolute shit bowl um, and the Steelers have to you know see that result before you know anything happens in terms of them making the playoffs and I think if the if the Dolphins win I think are they automatically in yes I'm not sure on their situation well they are no, no, no. okay so they, they need the Patriots teams. They need the Patriots to because the okay. Patriots beat them last that makes week. More sense. So. The Patriots, if they win, they, they control their own destiny. Steelers need both of them to lose, and the Dolphins only need the Patriots to lose. And obviously, for the you have to win yourself yeah. too. Other, if they all three they lose, then it's the, yeah, then it's the Patriots. So, yeah, that would be okay. funny too. So that clears a little bit up. And then, obviously, as we talked about, um, Jaguars at tits tonight. Um, That's for a playoff spot. Um, So it's pretty much a playoff game for both those teams. Um, So Jaguars, opportunity to host two playoff games in a row tonight and next weekend. So Mm -hmm. I'm glad that they moved this game to the primetime spot on Saturday. It made sense. Um, Because this is the first Saturday without college football as well. Very, very sad scene, but that's the reality. Um, so I'm glad that there's some football there. Yep. They're, uh, it's, it's jagging off on the tits. So, uh, yeah, uh, absolutely. <laughs> and hopefully that will reflect <laughs> on our picks later tonight, but, um, yeah, basically it's, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's Trevor Lawrence who is super inconsistent versus Josh Dobbs. Uh, this is a matchup that is it's probably going to be a really, really bad game, I would imagine. Like, just stupid football plays over and over again. And in those games... Unless we get good Trevor Lawrence. I, I don't think we'll get that Trevor Lawrence. Something tells me yes, that... he does, but... Mm-hmm. You think Mike's cooking something up? I think Mike might. Yeah, yeah. Mike's been cooking something up for like the last four weeks. He he doesn't even care what the rest of the results were. He's just been looking yeah. forward to this game ever since they lost to him like four weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So 
when Trevor Lawrence had a brilliant game, by the way. Yeah, true. Um, I, I don't know what to expect from um, this stuff. It's going to be fun, though. I think the Jaguars are going to win. I'll, I'm going to pick them later in our picks. I think they're actually going to be fine. I think they're just going to run their offense. And, uh, you know, Josh Dobbs isn't really that much of a threat as we saw on Monday night. Or not Monday. Thursday, Thursday night. Sorry. Um, I think we're going to see that and I think they'll be fine. So I'm going to take the Jaguars there. Uh, some other situations in the NFC though, as well as Packers are winning in no matter what against the lions, uh, Sunday night, which is Sunday night football. The lions, however, need the Seahawks to lose in order for that game, for them to be a a win and get in situation. So we have the possibility of, you know, the the Lions and Packers game being a win and in for both teams, but we also have the possibility of it just being for the Packers. And wouldn't that be something for Seahawks to win? Okay, so Lions are out, and then the Lions beat the Packers. That would be something, because then the Packers wouldn't get get in either, so you would have Lions and Packers out. And I don't know who would take that other spot then. Seahawks. I'm trying to think. No, I know, but this... If the Seahawks win... There's two spots up for grabs, though. No, there's not. Seahawks would... If the Seahawks win, they're in. If the... But what about the... If the Lions beat the Packers? Who gets that last spot? That's my... The Seahawks do get the last spot. If the Seahawks win and the Lions lose, there's six teams that have already clinched the berth in the NFC. There's only one spot left. No, 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 no. Not if the Lions lose. Not if the Lions lose. If the Lions win and yes, the Seahawks it, win. That would be Seahawks. Because they beat the, the Lions, Lions head to head. So they have the tiebreaker. Well, then how do both then how do both the Seahawks and the Packers get in? That's impossible. There's only one spot up left. Okay, so if the Seahawks win, they need the Lions to win. Yes. Okay, yeah. so there's no... Okay, so who's all clinched then? So it's just the Giants. It's the uh, the Eagles, the Niners, other... Vikings, and the Buccaneers have all clinched their... Well, the Eagles haven't clinched their division, but they've clinched the playoff berth. And then the Cowboys and Giants have also clinched. Oh, Cowboys, yeah. Okay, so yeah, that is only one spot left. Okay, so the Seahawks need to win, and then Packers loss. Mm-hmm. Lions need a Seahawks loss, yeah, and a Lions win. The Packers don't even care about the Seahawks game; they just they just need a win. Um, which yeah, is nice. Win. Yeah, okay. it's nice to know that that we don't need any other help. Yeah. Um, but there's also yeah, another scenario. It. They've earned it. We have. There's another scenario in the NFC. That involves the one seed, which is it's a very coveted seed. You know, you get the bye, you get home field throughout. Right now, it, it's been the Eagles like the entire year. The Eagles have had the one seed. But if they lose to the Giants this week and the Cowboys win, the Eagles will go to the five. They will not even win the they won't win the division, so they'll go to the five spot. The Niners, if they win, which they will because they're playing the Cardinals, uh, will move up to the one seed. And the Cowboys will sneak in as the two seed, I believe. 
So that would just be an interesting scenario. Yeah, home field. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, they get the two seed. They'd play either the Packers or Lions or Seahawks. Um, and I don't think there's a scenario where the Vikings can get it. I think the Vikings, the most they can do is is just kind of sit and get the three seed. Um, but yeah, it's the Eagles, the Niners, and the. I don't think the the Cowboys can realistically go to the one seed because they need an Eagles and Niners loss. Um, and that's just completely unrealistic. So it's either Eagles or Niners that get the that get the one seed. But you know, if the Eagles win, yeah. then none of it matters. It just stays the same, which is probably going to happen. And that's about that's about all the scenarios that we have in the the NFC. And the AFC, there isn't much. There was one thing that we forgot to mention with the the game that got canceled. If the Ravens beat the Bengals on Sunday, they would be one half game behind them for the division. So the Bengals would still keep the top seed. They'll still get the three seed regardless of the outcome. But if they do meet up in the playoffs, a coin flip will determine the home coin field. flip. Yeah. So Beautiful. that's an interesting scenario. By the commissioner. Oh, really? From Roger himself? Yeah. Would Roger will be flipping the coin. Would they live stream it like the uh, I hope Ohio so. Valley Conference? The Missouri Valley? Conference. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it that should be. Or awesome. not the Missouri Valley, sorry. The Ohio Valley. Yeah. That would be awesome. But I, I don't think it's going to matter ultimately that scenario because I think the Bengals will win on Sunday. Um, But the, the AFC. Yeah, because Lamar's not playing. Yeah, the AFC Championship game is going to be – that's like the, the big thing that we could see. Um, be at a neutral site. Now, I know the Colts were asked if they wanted to host, but they turned it down. They already had something going on that weekend. Um, I think Detroit was asked too, but I think they also had something going on that weekend or whatever. So it's it's getting down to uh, some of, you know, they have to pick a stadium that's not going to host either. That's the thing. Um, which, I, I mean, so it can't be the Chiefs, can't be the Bills, obviously, can't be the Bengals. Um, Steelers it could be realistically any other any other team. Well, the the Steelers aren't going to host because they're the, they would be the seven seed. So yeah, they, they can't. Be on the road. Yeah, because yeah, they can't have home field at all in the playoffs. So if they get mm-hmm. in, yeah, it'd be the same with the Packers. But isn't so, isn't that something here? We're me and you. I'm a Packers fan. You're a Steelers fan. Sitting here four five weeks ago, both we're just talking down on our teams, talking about the draft, moving on. Now here we are in the last week, and there's a, a very good scenario for both of our teams to get into the playoffs. It's just absolutely wild. Um, the Mike Tomlin being over 500. I mean, this is one of the most remarkable 500 seasons of all time, in my opinion. Um, from Mike Tomlin, like last year's, he should have went way more than 500. But this year, like, hey, I'll give him props for if they win this weekend and go nine and eight, I'll salute him because that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, and they were they were two and six on the season, and that when they when we got to about two and five, that was the point in the season where I actually I didn't stop watching the games, but I stopped. Uh, like my setup on Sunday would be the big TV. I would have the Steelers game on, and then on my computer I would have Red Zone on. 
well, that all just flipped. I just, instead of watching the games, I just, I just started watching red zone only and whatever I caught of the Steelers games, that was it for a while because they were just so bad offensively. I couldn't stand watching Mitch anymore. It was disgusting. Um, yeah, they were two and six and now they, they do need help, but they do have the possibility to be over 500 at nine and eight and um, a possible playoff scenario. They're, they're one, they have, you know, it's a three leg scenario here. They have to win against the Browns who are figuring their offense out lately. Um, you also have to have, this is probably the easiest of the legs. You have to have Buffalo beat the Patriots, the DeMar Hamlin game. Um, and then you also need the Dolphins to lose to the Jets, who are equally as bad as the Dolphins, even when they have Skylar Thompson. Now, Skylar Thompson hasn't won a game yet, though, so that might help them um, in terms of securing that spot. But it is a three-legged race, and honestly, probably the hardest one is still going to have to be beating the Browns, as crazy as that sounds. The Browns, you know, they might be, they're not great, but I don't want to play them either. I'll tell you that right now. I mean, um, if Deshaun Watson keeps figuring it out and that defense is awesome, one thing that will be nice is it doesn't look like Jadavion Clowney is going to be playing on Sunday. Uh, Him and the organization are, like, fighting right now. And it looks like he'll be a free agent again in the offseason. Um, so that's nice. We'll only have to deal with Miles Garrett, but the Steelers offensive line having to deal with Miles Garrett is just a tough scene in itself. So um hopefully Kenny doesn't get concussed. Um he did lead us on another game winning drive last weekend. So um in which Najee caught that one and Najee had a great game, but We'll just have to see. The Steelers, it's a three-legged race, like I said, and the hardest one is probably beating the Browns, but also Jets and Dolphins, that is that is a, a very sicko NFL game. <laughs> it is a toss-up for sure. And, and with the toss-up probably too, leading more towards the Dolphins because I think they're at home. Yeah. Another thing to make you maybe not feel as good about the Steelers game either, the Browns are on a streak of eliminating teams, so – Last week they eliminated the Commanders, yeah, uh, and Carson Wentz, which which was absolutely just. Wild. I remember talking on the podcast last week, and like the news had just been announced that Carson Wentz was starting. And as a Packers fan, I'm sitting here like I need a Commanders loss. And when I saw the news that Carson Wentz was starting, I started celebrating. I was like, "Let's go!" You know, not, the Packers pretty much control their own destiny now because <laughs> the Commanders just eliminated themselves by starting Carson Wentz. And I'm pretty sure that every single person uh, on the planet saw exactly that result coming, except for Ron Rivera and Dan Snyder. Those are the only two people that maybe Dan Snyder even saw it coming. He just didn't care. But yeah, I mean, the Carson Wentz, it was literally the first play of the game and he threw a pick. It, <laughs> uh, so the Browns are on that streak yeah. of eliminating teams. So I'd feel a little bit uneasy for sure. Um. Oh, I do. And I, yeah, I do. I'm, it's not a guarantee. I mean, the hardest part is going to be winning the game, like I said, as it usually is. But, um, especially when your offense doesn't score against that good of a defense. So, um, but your defense, their defense is pretty damn good as well. So we'll see. Um, also, commanders due to that loss, Sam Howe getting the start. 
mm-hmm. which is I uh, I wasn't sure if they were going to even pull the trigger on that one because uh, you wait till the last week and you're waiting you're sending Sam Howe out against Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence and Armstrong um, and that secondary that causes a lot of turnovers but I guess better late than never. I just hope he doesn't like go into the offseason with a huge loss of confidence if he just gets thrown around like a rag doll. Um, but I guess it might also be pretty demoralizing if you never start at all after watching those two quarterbacks play in your rookie year. So it's oh, kind yeah, of, for sure. you know, especially Carson Wentz. I mean, <laughs> having Ron Rivera give – Carson Wentz to start over both Heineke and Howe is pretty sad you know situation. So I hope Sam does well. He is fat, so hopefully that will help him in terms of taking hits. Um, yeah, I hope he kind of – my favorite thing about Sam Howe during his junior season was the way he would run and defensive backs would try to tackle him and they would kind of just bounce off his fat. And it was just really funny, and I just hope we get that against maybe – I would like to see Trevon Diggs bounce off one of Sam Howell's fat rolls. That would be nice. Even if it's only for like a 13-yard gain in a first down, I would just like to see it. That's all I'm going to say. So I'm really excited to watch Sam play. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I was going to say something, and then I forgot. Oh, I was going to give a shout-out to Taylor Heineke for sitting behind Carson Wentz. If I was playing the way that Taylor Heineke was playing, which is not great but solid, and they told me that I was being benched for Carson Wentz, I probably would have just left the team. Um, I'll be honest. So, shout out to him. He's a he's a good teammate. Yeah. And uh, an example of that in? is Mariota, who quit on the team. <laughs> well, he was hurt. You know, just like the situation you're talking about. I mean, uh, they started Ritter. I know he's hurt, but. He was playing through it. He got surgery once they benched him. So um, that's an interesting thing there. You know, just shows the different kinds of players in the leagues. You know, big team guys who are just happy to be on a team anyway. Heineke, who wants to, you know, spot starter, lifetime backup guy probably for the rest of his career. First, Mariota, who only really wants to start. And if he doesn't, he just said, see you, Atlanta. Well, I think and that could also where be. he ends up. That could be like a a background too, because Taylor Heineke went undrafted. He played at Old Dominion College, undrafted, and then he played in the XFL. Um, so just just to be a backup in the NFL is probably like exciting for him. Whereas Mariota was a Heisman winner at Oregon, drafted second overall. Being a backup for him sounds a little bit less exciting. So it's just kind of like maybe the standards that both of them have for themselves are are judging how you know, their moods for that. Um, but yeah, regardless, you want to get into the fantasy corner here? Yeah, let's go ahead. All right. I'll go first per usual. Um, I'm going to start. This might come off a little bit cocky. All right. But I'm not a humble person. So I'm starting myself. <laughs> and the reason for this is because I was looking back on some of, well, I remember after week three, I said uh, the Jaguars are going to win the AFC South after week three. Um, And I stuck with the takes. I I did at some point during the season, I said, it's not looking good, but I stuck with the take that they were going to win. And now look, I'm I'm being rewarded for it. They're a win away from making that happen. 
And then it got me thinking, like, I wonder how many takes I've been good. I've been I've been hitting on a lot of takes recently. I'm hot. So first off, last weekend, I on the picks, I picked for the college football playoff. I went three out of four, which isn't perfect, but pretty good still. Um, then a few weeks ago with the Lions, I don't know if you remember that, Cam, but we were arguing back and forth. I said, we are going to be looking at a scenario late in the season where the Lions are fighting for the playoffs and like a few wins or maybe a win or a few things away from making the playoffs. And look at this. We're in that scenario too. And another thing that we never went back is uh, the MLB picks. So we never went back and like reviewed them, but I picked the exact six seeds in the NL playoffs. Um, I like every, like perfectly picked it perfectly. And in the AL, I picked five of the six teams. And the only team I missed was the guardians. I picked the white Sox instead. Um, the World Series pick was very wrong. I, I didn't get either of those teams right, but I did pick the exact playoffs, you know, so that's – I've been hitting on a lot of takes recently. I just want to shout out myself, you know, because we make the takes, but a lot of times we don't go back and review them. And trust me, there are my fair share of bad takes out there, um, but we don't have to review those. We don't have to go back and look at the bad takes. Just yeah. Yeah. <laughs> One thing I will say, we actually did go back and review the MLB. I do remember doing that. No, really, I we did it was like review those. So you did get your, you did get your moment of shine when oh, okay. you picked the ball in the playoffs. But yeah, Luke's hot. I'll admit it; he's hot. He was right about a lot of the stuff in the college football playoff. He also maybe the most important thing that he said about the college football playoff. He just said that these two games are actually going to be like the best two college football semi. Final oh, I did say that. Seen. And he was right. I did say that as they well. They were. Um, so, so, yeah. I mean, um, I don't know. Maybe go buy the Powerball, Luke. That's <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you. It's up to $1.1 billion. It's up to $1.1 billion, So, maybe go buy the Powerball. That's all I got to say on well, that. I may, I may need that money. Um, I, I, I may be in a situation where I need that money. Because my sit-em <laughs> is big red, uh, my car. It has been <laughs> – the engine has been misfiring all week. I took it into the shop on Wednesday. They changed some spark plugs like they were – the spark plugs and uh, boots and stuff were like really, really worn. So they changed them out, drove my car back. Everything was fine. I even drove my car to your house to watch the Mizzou game on Wednesday. Everything was fine. Then I get in my car yesterday and it just – is regressed like back to what it was. So something is, is seriously wrong. And I don't, I don't want to officially uh, pronounce it dead yet, but it, it may be in the ICU uh, if, for cars, uh, if that makes any sense. So it, it it's fighting right now. Uh, it's, it's going back in the shop next week. Hopefully it's just another minor problem that is leading to this. Um, but this, it, it might be the end of the line for, for Big Red. So that's my sit. And then my, a bonus sit uh, is just surgery recovery because it sucks. I had my wisdom teeth removed. and I'm starting. I'm feeling better now. My face is a little fat um, still. Not as fat as it was. But, I mean, Cam knows firsthand. It, the, the recovery just sucks. <laughs> and then my sleeper is uh, it's hockey particular the NHL. I've been I've been getting into hockey recently. Um, I've been watching the Blues games, and I've even been watching some of the uh, Wednesday night rivalries on TNT. 
Um, you do this. You do this shit every year. <laughs> hey, I at the beginning, <laughs> I'm like, I I don't, you know, hockey. I'm not hating about it, it, but you do it. I I do because I forget how exciting it is every year. Um, <laughs> I I just do it. Like at the beginning of the year, it's like, oh, hockey, whatever, you know, who really cares? But then you start watching some games and you're like, oh, man, this is fun. So it's one of those things that you just never really, you never really uh, know until you like try it. Um, so, yeah, that's my sleeper. All right. Um, <laughs> is, I was, I'm telling you, I know we, I know I don't even think we were doing the show at that point last year when you said that to me, and I think it was college credit algebra class. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, shit, I'm getting into hockey again. <laughs> <laughs> it happens every um, year. My, my, it does for you. I know. Um, my stardom's Kirby Moore, Kellen Moore's younger brother. Um, he actually looks so young, I thought he could probably play um, in his presser with drink. So... If he has any years of eligibility left, I would honestly rather him play. But if he has to coach, that's fine too. He's going to be the new offensive coordinator at Mizzou for drink. Thank God. Um, so, yeah, I'm starting Kirby Moore. I think he led – what did he do? Oh, he led the Boise State Broncos to another Mountain West title in terms of offense. So he went from offensive coordinator for the – Bluefield Broncos to Missouri. So we'll see how he does next year, but I'm starting him. I think he's actually going to be good. Um, he knows a lot about the quarterback position, and that's important when you're an offensive coordinator. So, yeah, my sit is well, Andrew Tate, and this is now a little outdated when I wrote this, but he's <laughs> still, you know, I'm still sitting him. Um, he's having Bugattis confiscated. Um, he was in jail for possibly um, a human trafficking ring, I do believe. So I'm just sitting him. And his head is really bald, and it's not that shiny. Um, my sleeper, however, is Isaiah Mosley because dude does nothing and just sleeps on the bench during the games and sometimes doesn't even go to the games. He wasn't even in Fayetteville for their loss on Wednesday night against Arkansas. So he's my sleeper because he literally doesn't do jack shit, Luke. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, my mic just died there for a second. But back to what you are saying about offensive coordinators. So finally that drink has the offensive coordinator. Um, and especially talking about offensive coordinators that are brothers. Um, I just found out this weekend that TCU's offensive coordinator – Garrett Riley is the brother of Lincoln Riley. Um, so a little bit of family yes. history there. In fact, yeah, in fact, North Carolina tried to sign him since Phil Longo left, our old offensive coordinator. He went to Wisconsin to work with Luke Fickle. Um, we tried to sign Garrett Riley, but apparently the news broke that the reason why Garrett Riley isn't a Tar Heel after this season is actually because – Mac Brown said that he would not hand the reins over to Garrett Riley within like the next year or two after. So Mac Brown's like, no, I'm not ready to retire yet. Um, and I'm not going to promise the reins to Garrett Riley. Wow. That was a part of the deal. 
So mm. this close, this close to having Garrett Riley working with Drake freaking May next season, which could have been phenomenal. Um, Would have been instead. That is not going to happen, but TCU is in the title, so we'll see. Yeah. I wonder if he's going to just stay there for another year or what. I don't know. Probably. There's still time to hire a coach. It's getting it's getting to that time, though, where you need to have your coach because in today's college football, spring practice is so important in terms of installs and offense and defensive installs. So um, I, must, I would assume he's probably, he'll probably just stay there another year. We'll see. Yeah, probably. Um, an- another note about him as well, Garrett Riley. He was actually on uh, Drinkwitz's staff at uh, Appalachian State. He was the running backs coach. So, another, huh. another Mizzou misfire there. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's the, that, uh, that one doesn't count as bad. No, not really. Not really. Because he was never at Mizzou, but. It just feels uh, that, like it. It's like an affiliated misfire. Oh, it does feel like it's yeah affiliated, but I mean, really, it, it's it's it was so he was a running backs coach. Like, <laughs> come on. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's cool that he he went to TCU with Sonny Dykes, and now they're in like the the national championship. Uh, that's going to be a fun game. TCU is plus twelve and a half, and I I've been nailing TCU and. Bet on bet on the plus twelve and a half because while I'm unconfident in them being able to beat Georgia, I'm very confident in them being able to score points and cover that spread because that's a huge spread for a national championship. Um, and Georgia's defense looked kind of bad last week. Now, granted, C.J. Stroud played out of his mind, but uh, Max Duggan he, he's he's pretty good too. And he could easily play to that level that Stroud did. So, yeah, just just watch out for that. Definitely plus 12 and a half. And, and you know what? Take the yeah. over as well. Take the over. I don't even know what it is. Just take the over. <laughs> yeah, I think you should. I, I think I would, you know, mm-hmm. um, just because I think. And honestly, you said the Georgia defense was bad last week, and it was. But also, the offense has just gotten to a flow about the second quarter and then onward from after that to where both teams were just slinging it, running it. I mean, nobody could stop anybody really. So, and that just happens sometimes. Um, but yeah, um, Jalen Carter didn't really disrupt a whole lot and neither did the rest of the linebackers for Georgia. Um, Kelly Ringo kind of got burnt a couple of times, and he's probably their best defensive back on the team. Um, yeah, so we'll get a first-round wide receiver matchup versus a possible first-round secondary player matchup. Kelly Ringo versus on Quinton Johnson. So, um, yeah, so that's a pretty cool matchup to look at. One thing I will say as um, Max Duggan, I've watched probably, I guess, I guess it's probably three or four of his games in a row now. Um, Big 12 title, uh, that playoff game, and a couple games before that just to see if they would finish going undefeated. Not the greatest passer in the world. He's all right, but not the greatest passer in the world. He doesn't really flash you with any of his passes. So um, 
including some of the big plays against Michigan. I mean, hell, the one Quentin Johnson took to the house was just a crosser over the middle. He made one man miss, and he was gone. So um, that's one thing to watch for. I don't know how great of a passer he is. And, in fact, I, I'm not going to say that Stetson's a better passer than him, but lately it seems like he has been. So we'll see. So, yeah. Uh, I would well, take Georgia good, as well. He's a good decision maker. I was just picking. Yeah. He's a good decision maker. I would definitely... He does. He doesn't like. His interception in the game was off just like a really bad ricochet. So, I mean, I'm not saying he's putting the ball in harm's way 24 7. I'm just saying he he's like a college football quarterback that probably wouldn't succeed in the NFL. You know, he just like throws for like 200 yards on like 40 attempts. So, in fact, I think he went 14 of 29 for like 220, which is actually under 50%. So, you'd like that to be a little bit higher. I know he's playing Ohio State's de- or Michigan's defense, but still. But that's why they play the games, Luke. We'll exactly. See. That's why you play the games. And hopefully, hopefully the horny frogs will come out on top on Monday because that would just be an epic story. But if they don't, Shaq will eat a horned frog. So... Um, I guess it's a win-win for the people. <laughs> um, we either get to see Shaq eat a horned frog, or we get to see the horned frogs hoist the the uh, the trophy. So it's cool either way. And uh, I guess a, a bonus. Oh, sorry, Luke. Um, no, I'll keep it. No, I was just saying. I guess a bonus. A bonus situm would probably be Uga, the dog. Oh yeah, he's not making the trip to SoFi Stadium, so okay. people are questioning whether if he has that dog in him and this would point to that he probably doesn't um is it his is it his fault entirely no those dogs like can't breathe on airplanes due to inbred but that's it's just a tough situation um but yeah uga is out for the national title game yeah tough scene for sure and on uh, one other note about college football the kentucky iowa game had the lowest over under total in college football history i think at 31 and uh fittingly the under hit so uh (laughs) just uh yeah it's 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 perfection perfection it was a moment i'll say it yeah i'll say it it was beautiful i'm still a little upset that that was like how lazy can you be like the trans perfect music city bowl last year was Iowa and Kentucky this year. It was Iowa and Kentucky. Like you just don't like they switch it up because for ratings and stuff. And this year they're just like, no, we want to see this gross game twice. Yeah. And that's what you got. You got a gross game. So congratulations. Unbelievable. (laughs) Unbelievable. Who won last year? Was it Iowa? I think Kentucky did. Oh, okay. They were somebody blew it. That's all I remember. Somebody blew it. That's all I remember. Probably Spencer Petrus, one of the worst college football quarterbacks I've ever watched (laughs) in my life. Um, I don't know. It blows my mind how he started for like five years. It's just shocking. Because they can't get anybody. It is shocking. He was literally literally Ben Roethlisberger, but not a good passer. 
<laughs> yeah, their jerseys are eerily, eerily similar to the Steelers. I mean, if you just threw the Steelers logo on their helmet instead of the Hawkeye, you'd be like, oh, that's Pittsburgh. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, uh, Watching George Kittle highlights, and you're like, I thought he only played for the 49ers. <laughs> I didn't realize he played for the yeah. Steelers. Um, <laughs> all right, you want to get to the picks for week 18? This is the last yes. pick of the year. Unless we want to do playoffs. But I, I don't think... I don't think we want to do that. We'll probably just we'll probably pick playoff games, but I don't know if we're gonna keep track of that. So yeah, but yeah, um, Tampa Bay at Atlanta. Um, this these games remind me so much of picking games in week one and two because you don't know a bunch of teams are not playing guys. And uh, I think I don't think Tampa Bay's playing their players, Luke. I haven't seen a final report on that because obviously it's better to hold that stuff in so the other team doesn't know what to prepare for. But are they going to play Tom Brady in week seventeen or week eighteen here? I actually I need your help. I really don't know because yes. I mean, this is what's going to happen. Ritter is a shitter. This is what is going to happen, Cam. Tom Brady has never lost to the Falcons in his entire career. It's one of like the five teams he's never lost to. Um, I believe he's like ten and zero against the Falcons. This is what I envision happening. The Buccaneers trot their normal offense out there for the first half. They run some plays. They work on some stuff that they want to work on um, for the playoffs, and then they get a big lead, probably like two or three touchdown lead at halftime, and then they pull their starters, and they're just able to cruise the rest of the way. Falcons put up some garbage time points, but ultimately the Bucks win. And the Falcons being favored in this game is really ugly, and you know what? I think this is an easy, easy game to catch up on Vegas, which that dream may be dead <laughs> um, because we're still three games behind them, but you know what? It's, it's week 18. Anything can happen, so... I I would say Tampa Bay if you're struggling to pick this one. All right. Yeah. I'm going to take Tampa. So we'll see what happens. Um, Next one, New England at Buffalo. Like I said, DeMar Hamlin game. I'm taking Buffalo. I don't even – is there – is it, you know, do you think McCorkle can muster something up? Or do you want to say anything about that? I mean, I think this is the DeMar Hamlin game. No, I actually – I actually saw something that they might like DeMar Hamlin reportedly has a message for the Bills fans that they're going to play before the game. And if they do that, the Patriots oh might, as well just, they might as well just forfeit the game because there's no chance that they would be able to win if that happens. Jesus um, yeah, that's so that I don't should know be illegal. True. I'll just it say should it. Be. That's cheating. I'm just going to say cheating. it. That should be illegal. That should be illegal. They should not be able to do that. That is completely unfair, but. Still going to take Buffalo. Oh, yeah, 100%. But, yeah, that should be illegal. Um, Minnesota at Chicago. I don't know if Minnesota's playing their players either. Yeah, but Chicago's tanking. They can't really gain any ground. Chicago's not playing their guys either. What'd you say? Chicago's not playing their guys either. They're playing Peterman. Nathan Peterman. Oh, Say no more, Lucas Newhouse. <laughs> yeah. That's all I'll you had to say. 
Um, Baltimore at Cincinnati. I'm going to take Cincinnati. Just the only thing I really have to think about in this one is um, they're both playing for something, sure, but one team's playing with Tyler Huntley. So, <laughs> yes. Um, LA Chargers at Denver. This is a chance for an upset here. No, stop. Um, don't don't go I don't there. Know who's favored. I don't know who's favored. The Broncos are favored. Unlimited. Mr. Unlimited. I don't know if the Chargers are playing their guys either. I would imagine they are because they want to get the five seed. They don't want to play the Bengals in the first round. They want to play the Jags or the Titans. Okay. Yeah, you're right. You're right. All right. (laughs) Okay. And this is another, another game to catch up on Vegas, too. Sadly, oh, sadly, they know that Mr. Unlimited is going to go off. <laughs> yeah, shit, what if Mr. Unlimited goes nuclear? What if he goes nuclear and then in the offseason they're just like, old Russ is back. We're going to Well, be that's fine. what I, last week when he had a good Sean game, Payton. I was like, and then maybe Sean it was hacked. goes there. Maybe it was hacked. <laughs> maybe it was, you know? After, well, after last week, he you know he ran the ball well, but it's not like he was like a superb passer last week either. But um, yeah, I would say a big chunk of it may have been Hackett. I'd say that. I think that's fair. Um, I don't. Oh yeah, I was gonna say why is Detroit and at Green Bay so high up on our pick'em list? But that's because known. the pick'em sheet that I get these off of. Um, Oh, the schedule hadn't been released when the you times were all TBD. Yeah, the times are all TBD when I was typing this. So, um, I'm taking Green Bay. I know the Lions are hot, but Green Bay is at home. It's Aaron Rodgers. He's gonna have that smirk about him. He probably he probably knows that they're gonna win this game, and it hasn't even happened yet. So, I I 100 percent get that because you know what. There is no scenario. I have to see it to believe it uh, for Aaron Rodgers to lose to the Lions twice in one year. I, I, it's never happened. Ever. So for that, for them to lose their second game of the year to the Lions in a pretty much playoff environment um, at home, it just it doesn't make sense. Um, that's, that's why I'm not really scared about this game. Like maybe I should be. Because the Lions are actually playing good this year, but I think it should be a little tense. But I just I, I never think all signs. Yeah, I it's think never happened in life. To you guys winning now, like even losing to the Lions yeah. once in in a year, like that doesn't happen usually. It's happened occasionally, but it rarely happens. So to, for it to happen twice in one year, it would shock me. <laughs> <laughs> it would truly. <laughs> okay. Uh, Green Bay's the pick. <laughs> I I think this is my toss up of the week. Oh wait, I'm sorry. Never mind. Never mind. I'm gonna. I think I'll take Indianapolis. Houston at Indianapolis. I forgot that the Texans are trying to tank as hard as they can for yes. that one pick. Um, here, here's the difference. Is I that, almost thought about taking Houston. Both of these teams are. But, they should be oh, trying to tank anyway. Because they're both eliminated. They're both top five right now. They should both be tanking because they both need a quarterback of the future. Lovey Smith is a professional tanker. 
he is going to do everything he possibly can to lose this game. Jeff Saturday, I I think all he does, all he knows how to do is win. Jeff Saturday, all, he's just going to try to win, yeah. which he's really bad at that. Definitely. So maybe, maybe like the being bad at winning might come back in, you know, to bite him. But Lovey Smith, there's no way Lovey Smith lets the Texans win this game. Like if they're winning at any point, he just pulls everyone out of the game. He will forfeit this game if he has to. So Jeff Saturday will probably be celebrating yeah. after the game. Like, yeah, we got to win, boys. And everyone, like all the Colts fans are like, oh, my God. Dude, we wanted to lose. As long- <laughs> I hope I hope Jim Irsay doesn't watch this game. Because if Jim Irsay sees like a competent Colts team with Jeff Saturday leading the way, he might be like, okay, maybe we can build on this going into the offseason. I know. <laughs> Jeff Saturday, not the guy. Black Monday cannot come soon enough, man. His ass needs to just be moved out of that position. So, um, and he said it, you know, I may be good or I may be really bad at this. Well, Jeff, you're pretty bad at this. So <laughs> he also yeah. has a really bad team, but yes. Indianapolis, um, Kansas City at Las Vegas. That's Kansas City. Maybe yeah. my talk. Second toss-up of the week here, maybe. New York Jets at Miami. This is a backup quarterback game. Um, Miami is at home. Jets are looking to play spoiler, I guess. Why isn't Zach Wilson playing in this game? Because the Jets hate him. Can you tell me that? Maybe I know they do, but they also said they're not moving on from him. Maybe the maybe Joe Flacco told Why the Jets. Why isn't he playing in this game? Maybe here, this is it. Maybe Joe Flacco told the Jets, "This is my last year. I'm retiring after this year." And maybe it's like the one final salute to Joe Flacco. They're just letting him start one more game in his career. He doesn't want to play. <laughs> Joe maybe Flacco does. doesn't want to play. Maybe he just wants one final game. He's going down to Miami. He's going down to Miami. He does not fucking want to mess with putting ice on his everything after this game. He wants to go to Miami, get there, chill, watch a little film with the guys, prep. (laughs) But just know that I should be wearing a sweatshirt on the sideline and just watching the guys play. Joe does not want to play, which is why I don't want to pick the Jets, but... I I don't know what to tell you. This is a... What would your pick be? Is your pick the Jets here? No. It would definitely not be that. It's Miami and Skylar Thompson? Yes. That would be my pick. Okay. Who's favorite? Uh, I would imagine Miami is because they're at home. And Mike McDaniel doesn't want to miss the playoffs after starting eight and three. Well, he doesn't want to do that. Oh yeah, I for- I'm sorry. The Miami has been so bad. I forgot that they even have a fighting chance, Luke. So we'll take Miami. I forgot about that. Um. Oh my gosh, this bottom half of this slate is not good. My goodness, Carolina at New Orleans. Does I'm it pretty get sure it's any closer? Nope, never mind. I'm okay. an idiot. I... It's at New Orleans. Okay, Carolina at New Orleans. 
New Orleans take them. Um, I want to take New Orleans too, just because for some reason this Taysom Hill Andy Dalton duo is like it's working a little bit with this this Saints defense. I have no idea how, but it is right now. Also, so, yeah. Also, I think now that Carolina's eliminated, they want to tank. So that's what I imagine with yeah, them. But they such a bad tank job, I guess. I mean, the Saints are kind of in the same spot, but they don't <laughs> have their pick, I guess. They don't have so. their pick though. Um, <laughs> so yeah, um, tank that would be tanking for nothing. Next one: New York Giants at Philadelphia. I'm going to take Philly because um, I don't think I think the Giants are going to rest their players. Um, that hasn't confirmed, but I think that's what they're going to do. Um, Cleveland at Pittsburgh. I've said that I'm worried about this game and I am. And I think this might be a straight Homer pick. So if, if you need to step in, then you might need to step in here, but I'm going to take the Berg at home to try and fight for that playoff spot and Mike Tomlin getting to nine, eight. I'm rocking with the Yenzers. Mike Tomlin's got to get a winning record. I appreciate that. Yeah, he's got to get a win. I appreciate that. that. Rocking with the Yenzers. So, I'm so worried about that one. There's just too much stuff that has to happen. Like like you said, I mean, who would have thought that either of us would even have this possibility later on But in the season? But to be honest, your situation, much much more simpler. Just win and get in. But, yeah. Um, I will say, like, the Dolphins yeah. in the okay. playoffs. Arizona. Like the Dolphins in the playoffs would be fun, but I I'm rooting for the Steelers because watching them sneak in as the six or seven seed every single year and lose in the first round is one of NFL's funniest traditions. And I just wanted to keep going. Like here here come the nine and eight Steelers and the seven seed just to lose again. It, it's so okay. funny. It's you know so what? funny. No, you can't. No, get <laughs> off the Yinzer wagon if this is what you're going to be doing. I no, we do not need this. There's already enough negative energy around the Steelers right now. We do not need this. So, no, you you're not allowed to ride with the Yenzers this weekend. Okay, you can cheer for them, do whatever, but no, you're not riding with the Yenzers. That has very quickly been revoked. That was should I remind you of on your part of, of that right there? You see that right there on my wall? You remember that game? Need I remind I'm you? I'm not looking. I'm assuming it's the little drawing, your little pity drawing <laughs> of the Packers Steelers Super Bowl. Yep. I'm not looking at it though. <laughs> My screen's on the dock. So, um, Arizona at San Fran. I'm taking San Fran in case they want the one seed. L.A. Rams at Seattle. Possible upset spot here, Lucas. What are we thinking? I mean, Seahawks yeah. are winning, get in. Yeah. Rams are I, kind of trying to look to cause some chaos. I know what you mean. The Rams played them close uh, last time. And they don't have a first-round pick, so like they, they're not going to tank. Um, but for, I mean, Detroit, it's, it's an interesting scenario for Detroit because in order to make the playoffs, they need the Rams to win this game. But they also have the Rams' first-round pick, so if the Rams lose, they get a better pick. You know, so it's a win-win. <laughs> it's a win-win for Detroit, unless 
unless uh, the Rams win and then Detroit loses. That would that's the lose lose scenario. That'd be a bad bad. Yeah. Um, and you know because it's Detroit, yeah. I totally see that happening. So Rams, I I I don't know. I I I could see this game going either way. So you know what? What is what does Vegas have? We'll just take the yeah. Out. Me too. Let's take the opposite. Uh, Vegas has the Seahawks minus six. They're gonna. Oh, that's a lot of points. So they probably they know. <laughs> they know. Yeah. If they're that confident in Seattle, then we probably should take Seattle. All right. They are the home team, too. You know, the, the 12th man's going to be rocking. I feel like, yeah, especially in hopes of getting that playoff berth. Okay, Dallas at Washington. Uh, I need you to make this pick. This is Dallas. They're trying to get. They're trying to win the division. Okay, thank you. Okay, thank you. I just uh, there's uh, that that game is too much attached to the heart for me this weekend. So I I just uh, yeah I don't want to make the pick. Gotcha. And I'm gonna take Jacksonville at, at home this weekend against the Tits. Saxonville. Um, this is a Vrabel spot. I know this is a Vrabel spot, but I don't really care. I'm taking Jacksonville. I kind of want Jacksonville in the Yoffs too, so um, that's why I'm taking them. And I think they can win. So those are the picks. All right. I like them. Possibility to go to 166 and 90. Oh man, we were doing good with the, the year. Yeah, we have current record 150 and 90. You know, honestly, if we just go 500 this week, I'll be happy. This is a weird week to pick. Uh, oh yeah, like I said, this is like week one and two. You just don't know what's going to happen. Some teams are playing hard. Some teams are not playing hard. Some teams are playing their starters. Some teams are not playing their starters. Some guys might come out during the middle of the game in terms of caution. Um, yeah, this is wonky. So and there's yeah. also a lot um, of games that just don't matter either. So yeah, a lot of gross games like Carolina at New Orleans, um, Minnesota at Chicago. Really? That's going to be disgusting. Houston at Indianapolis might be really, really gross. The tank um, bowl. Yeah. 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 Man, yeah, that is really bad. Um, okay, do we want to talk a little Mizzou? And then yeah. that'll be it. Yeah, we'll wrap up with a little Mizzou basketball here. They've been they're ranked now, so shout out shout out the boys. Yeah. Although they were it, okay, they're out of the half now, I believe. Yes, they are. Yeah, they're tied um, thirty four. Forty six forty two on Vanderbilt right now. Oh, for, 46? 46 to 42, 12-2. We lost on Wednesday night in Fayetteville to Arkansas after holding the lead for the majority of the game, like the vast majority of the game. 
Um, wasn't like a typical Mizzou like choke. Is just they kind of just like ran out of gas, and you know what it really comes down to is Mizzou's not very. They don't have like a lot of talent, but they do play really hard and they do shoot the ball well. Um, as Nick Honor just drilled a three there, but hey, Nick Honor, you know, my, that's my guy. They, in terms of, yeah, Luke loves Nick Honor because he's fat as shit, but um, and small. Um, so I respect that actually that you like him like because of that. I do too. I think he looks like a little fullback. His arms are huge. They're bigger than my head, I believe. So he's um, kind of like a bowling ball. And he, but kind of, yeah. And he kind of reminds me of Ryan Smith. Um, <laughs> so <All> right, <laughs> Ryan, Ryan's arms probably weren't that big, but yeah, even the way he kind of runs around. So, um, and you made a point about Nick Honor, probably the least Clemson player that you've ever seen in your entire life. Um, that's where he transferred from. So I would agree with that statement. I don't know a whole lot about Clemson basketball. It's not a great traditional basketball school, but, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. There's Lewis Pauly. That's hey. nice to see for the, on the CBS station. Um, yes. On CBS here. But yeah, they they we talked about them beating Kentucky at home. If they did, they should be ranked. They dominated Kentucky at home, not just one. They dominated Kentucky at home, um, and they became ranked. And then they instantly lost to Arkansas on Wednesday. But um, a win here probably would keep them in the top twenty-five. I would think. Um, although Vanderbilt's not very good, so it's not like a huge win. But it is SEC ball. This is SEC action. One and one. Thus far, looking to get to two and one. So, um, yeah, uh, not, I don't, I don't really know what else. Dennis is just, you know, he's just got the boys playing. He's just a really good basketball coach, Luke. That's all I really have to say about him. He's a nerd for the game. Um, you know, he's a nerd for the game when he's dissecting WNBA film. No disrespect, but <laughs> that's when you know you're a nerd of the game. And I'm I'm just I'm I'm happy to have him. Yeah, me too. Me too. So it's good uh, times for Mizzou basketball right now. It is. It's like they're just on the up and up, you know. And they mm-hmm. he's got three guys committed right now for next year's class. Three four stars. Um, all three of them in the top three hundred. Um, one of them in the top one hundred. One of them does look like an NPC, Anthony Robinson. I'll send you a picture of him later, Luke. He looks like an NPC, but um, see, like one of those guys. So yeah, like I mean, you, it's just like when you play like Madden. He looks like the like gray person, or like when you play two K and it's well, just like the silhouette. It, no, it, yeah, it's it's a two K. Like it kind of looks like the two K generic, like a very generic build. Like if you just hit like um, randomize <laughs> your character on NBA two K. A couple of times, it would look like this kid. It's just <laughs> very right. NPC-like. Um, so you'll see. Um, but yeah, that's that's all I really have to say about Mizzou. I, Kobe Brown, good player. Was really good the past couple games until we played Arkansas, and then four foul Kobe came out. So um, and he was in foul trouble earlier on in this one as well. So. But yeah, um, 
if you've got anything to add, I don't really. I know Mizzou football, some stuff has happened. Kirby Moore was oh, yeah. hired as the offensive coordinator, as we mentioned, in the fantasy corner. Um, and also, maybe even more interesting news, Brady Cook had sh- shoulder surgery on his throwing arm. And would you believe it? He had been dealing with this injury since the Kansas State game, much like last year when Coach Drinkwitz just kept playing Connor Bazelak through his injury that he needed surgery on throughout the whole season. Um, Brady Cook, he might be back before spring ball starts, but um, Sam Horn probably needs to be the leader this offseason, especially if he has any plans on playing quarterback for this team. So, you know, that's leading spring practice and whatnot. But I also, if you also remember Luke, he's also a PO for Mizzou mm-hmm. pitcher and pitching takes up a load of time. So we'll see where his commitment really lies um, this off season. And I'm not calling him a bad teammate. You know, if he chooses baseball, maybe he thinks he has a better chance of a career at that, but, I will say this, Luke. Number 21 at the quarterback position on the football field, it looks sick. So I would rather him be a football player. I'll just say that. It looks great. And his throwing motion is weird, too. Like he, he throws a football like a baseball player, if that makes any sense. Um, no, that makes sense. Yeah. If you've ever watched him throw, you think you know, about who it um, But yeah, the, the Brady Cook thing was really weird. He had a torn labrum. It wasn't just like a like a minor shoulder injury. He tore his labrum week two, and he played throughout the entire season. So, I mean, hey, shouts out to him, honestly. I mean, because he took a lot of shit from the fans from for being bad when, I mean, he was bad, but he was also severely injured. This is on drink. This is entirely on drink. This is not on – this is a Baker Mayfield situation. Like, like don't put it on Baker. He's it trying to tough Baker, out an injury. Yeah. Um, don't put this on Brady Cook. He was he was fighting through an injury. You know he's he, he now has an excuse for for being uh a pretty bad. But this is the second straight year that Coach Drink has has played an injured quarterback, and it just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, when you have uh talented quarterbacks behind uh the starting quarterback, and why don't you let the guy recover from injury instead of playing awful? awful football because he's injured. Why don't you let the, the talented guys behind him play? Like it doesn't make any sense. Why, why is he doing this, man? It is it, just weird. Well, it's just, I not a good look for one him. Thing, it's not, but one possibility is your backup is Jack Abraham, who is not good by the way. Um, he's like a seventh year senior. Um, Tyler Macon, Luke, he is now transferred to FCS football. He transferred Alcorn. to Alcorn State. So um, he can't even play. He can't play in the SEC. We saw that. Um, although, who knows? Maybe he'll return back to FBS someday. But so maybe he didn't. Obviously, he did not want to turn the reins over to Macon at all. And Jack Abraham, we know what he is. Um, I'm talking about So Horn. that's the part that yeah. gets me. It's like, why not turn it to Horn? You know, why not? You know, I mean, Cook, you know, I know he Cook is your leader. That's for sure. He is. But you can lead and not be playing if your labrum is torn. You can do that. Guys will still respect you as a leader. I mean, 
like Hendon so, Hooker did for Tennessee exactly. later. Uh, year. Although I I don't really want to put Hendon Hooker and Brady Cook inside of the same sentence. That was disrespectful to Hendon Hooker. I'm I'm just um, I was just so, using that as an example. And like Joe Milton, I get it. All what Tennessee backup was, did. He felt good. Oh yeah. Speaking of Tennessee's backup, I've watched a ton of college football. A ton. I don't know if I've ever seen arm talent like Joe Milton in terms <laughs> of just pure throw power. I have. I don't think I've ever seen that in college. Um, Carson Strong had a really crazy arm over the past couple of years. Um, Some Josh are, Allen, I saw him yeah. play his senior year. At people Wyoming. are comparing him to Josh Allen. Uh, I think he's better. Yeah, his – I it, Milton Milton has the flick of the wrist that Rogers does, except the ball just is a missile and goes so much further. I mean, it is insane. Now he's not incredibly accurate, so like not even close to incredibly accurate. But he was throwing the ball well in the Orange Bowl against Clemson. Um, I'm, I, that was just something that stuck out with me. Like my eyes were glued to Tennessee's possessions, and they didn't even score a ton of points. They 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 did all right, but like I was just waiting for every Joe Milton throw because his deep throws were just insane. How fast the ball got there, and how far he was able to throw it. Now it was also like, um, you know, double edged sword because like he would throw it like like slants and hitches and curls and you would put so much heat on the ball that it would just go right through their hands and stuff like that so um you gotta have to know when to take some off of it your change up if you will um but yeah joe milton i think i'm here to say that he probably has the best arm i've ever seen in college not even close to the best quarterback i've ever seen in college just the best arm it was just insane yeah and i it's weird because I didn't watch him the last few weeks. I think he only played one game in the regular season uh, for Tennessee. I didn't watch him at all that game. The first time I saw him was in the Orange Bowl. And when I first saw him like run onto the field, I was like, oh, this guy looks like a scrambler. It, no offense. It, it might have been his race, but I think it might have just been like the long hair that he has, his hairstyle. It just reminded me of a scrambling quarterback. And then he just like whipped up this pass and he threw it like 60 yards downfield. He didn't even like move his legs at all, like get into it like a Hail Mary. And I was, no, I was just in pure awe. I was like, oh, that did not expect that. He at just all stands still. Yeah. Like I, I, I did not expect that at all. I thought maybe this guy was a guy who could throw it like 40 yards maximum. Um, and I couldn't have been more wrong. So I apologize. I, I, I was it a stereotype that I gave him? Probably, but who knows? I, I'm yes. telling you, it's the long, I it's knew the long hair, talent. the dreads. <laughs> the dreads just make you seem like a scrambler. Yeah, they. Um, I knew he had arm talent because this is sicko of me, but I did watch Michigan's Big Ten spring game a couple of years ago because um, I was just deprived. And I saw him just like uncork some in that game as well, but I don't even know if any of them hit. I don't even remember him completing like any deep shots in that one. But so I knew I knew of him. I knew of his arm talent, but like not like that. Like you said, like I just expect him to be the average college passer. You know, um, he was not. 
And like you said, he was like he was able to sling it like 60 yards, like flat footed. And you know who else does that? Josh Allen does that in the NFL all the time. Like he'll just stand in the pocket flat footed, won't even like flip his hips open. We'll, we'll just launch it down the field. So, um, yeah, that was just an interesting tidbit. That was very random of us. But yeah, also Orange Bowl. I was really upset when I was watching that game because um, only Tennessee was wearing orange. Um, well, you can't both wear orange. Uh, or was it Clemson? I'm trying No, one of them. Yeah, no. I was expecting them both to wear orange. It's the Orange Bowl. You've never had two orange teams like this. Let's see who the better orange is. Let's put both teams in their home orange jerseys, and let's just see what happens. But that didn't happen. Um, also, Obi, Obi the orange. Um, was being a little wuss the whole night and was staying inside <laughs> indoors. He didn't come out until the trophy presentation. Um, so what the heck, Obi? I expect you to see you a little bit more than that. But whatever. Yeah, he must have got. Whatever. They must have got a new person inside of Obi. Um, and yeah, so Tennessee wore orange jerseys with white helmets and the orange logo on the helmets. Clemson wore white jerseys, orange helmets. White logo on the helmet. That's what it was. So it was like completely opposite. Like, uh, and, and Tennessee wore white pants, and Clemson wore orange pants. So they literally just like. I'm just saying, Luke, what is? What is the name of the ball game? <laughs> orange Bowl, Capital One Orange Bowl. <laughs> okay, so. I'm just asking why, if you name it the Orange Bowl, why aren't both teams wearing all orange? That's all I'm asking. It would be gross, but I would have been very, very happy about it. That's all I'm going to say. That's I'm, I might be a little bit more upset about that than I was even that Obi didn't come out until the very end. But, um, yeah, that I, it was a good game. Not really. It really wasn't that good of a game. Clemson's offense sucked. Cade Klubnick was not very good, but... Um, in fact, in the first half, they got into opposing territory like 30 times and only came away with like 10 points. So, or three points, I think it was. So, uh, we'll see how he does next year, but yeah, yeah. Orange bowl kind of missed out there. That's what I'll say. Yeah. My take of my take of JJ McCarthy and Cade Klubnick competing for the Heisman next year did not have a good weekend that take. Um, but yeah, that that's going to, uh, Wrap up this episode. Unless you have anything else you want to add, um, not really. I, okay. I I jotted some stuff down about the Holiday Bowl in North oh, Carolina, yeah. but I really don't even want to revisit it. I just don't. There was the crazy uh, one thing that was cool in that game: great jersey matchup, um, and it was played at Petco Park, and the field was absolutely dangerous. It was really dangerous. Uh, as much as I like the sickoness of playing college football games in MLB stadiums, the it's grass so is never safe for the players. So I maybe might have to axe that idea as much as I hate to say it. Um, but there was the craziest interception possibly that I've seen in college football. Um, Cedric Gray like kicked the ball off his thigh off of a deflection right into – Right, it went. The ball went up into the hands of Power Eccles. It was just an unreal play. Um, 
And yeah, that was pretty much all that really happened. Um, Mac Brown blew another lead. Um, and he's not, they're not signing Garrett Riley. Um, yeah, really frustrating season. They still won nine games, but they started off nine and one and finished nine and five. So, and this season took multiple years off my life. Bo Nix game winning drive was inevitable after the previous drive and they lost 28, 27, which is very typical. So, <laughs> surprised it wasn't more high it. scoring to be honest, but yeah. All right. So that, I think we're going to get this one done before uh, an hour and a half. So I don't know when the last time we did that was, but that's always good. Hour and a half is about a good time limit. So thank you guys for listening and we'll see you before soup. The wild card weekend. I'm I'm excited for that. So we'll we'll know oh, the results yeah, here in a few days. We're recording this Saturday morning. It should be out within a few hours, I would imagine, um, before the games. So yeah, I mean, just have a have a great football Sunday. It's, enjoy it because it's it's the last one for a while with all all the teams. So yeah, and uh, we'll see you for the Trump episode, episode forty five. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely.